0: So what is a Dharma talk? A Dharma talk is nothing other than something arising out of ourselves or being shared by another that invites us to touch what we already know, what we already know to be true. Our Buddha nature speaks the Dharma all the time. And so when someone talks, like tonight, we'll have five little Dharma talks from people who've taken the five mindfulness trainings. Dharma talk is an invitation to see, to speak what is alive for me, what is alive for you, to touch what is alive for you. So spiritual friendship, As John and I were preparing for the retreat, I spent some time uh, looking at really good friendships of the past. And one of the first ones you come up with when you do a search is Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams met each other when they were at the First Continental Congress. And they became fast friends based on our own definition of a, a spiritual friendship, having ethics that match, and, uh, and sharing an invitation to wake up, that is what these two guys spent their lives doing. They signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. They were best friends all their lives. And on July 4th, 50 years to the day, Later, John Adams died, and a few hours later, Thomas Jefferson died. Mm-hmm. They were so connected, their lives were so connected. What an amazing thing to, deploy, to die on in Independence Day! So I saw a number of other great friends that are, that are just kind of like surprising, like Groucho Marx. And the poet T. S. Eliot, were <laughs> were great friends, and and you know Eliot was kind of conservative, and in in fact once he apologized to to Marx for addressing him by his first name, and you know, fragile Marx loved just poking him, and and so he wrote to him one time and said. I'm really interested in your thoughts on sex. Please confide in me, Tom. <laughs> our friends can poke us. Our friends know what our buttons are and tease us in the sweetest ways to help us wake up. I think of other friends like Oprah Winfrey and Gail, uh, uh, Gail King. Um, I bring them up because their friendship is so close that people suspected they're gay just because they have a close friendship. John and I are in a situation where from time to time people think that we're gay uh, uh, just because of the closeness and the intimacy of our friendship. Uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda are best friends. They met on the set of 9 to 5 and their whole life has been about activism together. and, and Jane Fonda goes off with Roshi Joan Halifax and gets arrested on the, st- the steps of the Capitol uh, about, about climate change. Um, and one of, as I was talking with one of my friends, my, my workout uh, trainer, by the way, I was telling him what I was going to be talking about, and he said, don't forget Michelle Bur- and Barack Obama. They are very good friends. You can tell that they're really deeply connected, good friends. So last night... Last night, I asked you to think about your first best friend. Mm -hmm. So now I want to invite you to close your eyes and visualize your best friend now. Who's your best friend? See their face. Smile to them. And I wonder, by a show of hands, you can open your eyes, by a show of hands, who was picturing yourself? (laughs) (laughs) We forget to be our own best friend. You know, bodhisattvas come in interesting packages, I find, and has anybody heard of the Bodhisattva RuPaul? (laughs) RuPaul had a a television show I don't even know what it was about and I just remember hearing the commercials where RuPaul would say ain't nobody gonna love you if you don't love yourself first how true how true and yet we we often don't think of ourselves as our own best friend we don't treat ourselves as our own best friend. Our practice is about waking up to the self. As I was saying last night, seeing how the mind works and setting ourselves free from enslavement to it, that's a big job. It's about waking up moment to moment. Forgetting the self is, is uh, about really connecting with everything, touching our interbeing, being aware of our interbeing. Right here, right now, my own best friend, give yourself a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Last night we defined uh, spiritual friendship as being based on shared ethics and a mutual aspiration to wake up. You know, Ananda famously asked the Buddha one time, is, is spiritual friendship half of the path, half of the Buddhist path? And we all know what Ananda said, right? Ah, Ananda, spiritual friendship is the whole of the Buddha's path the path of awakening, the path of enlightenment. And here we are, practicing together on the path, doing exactly what the Buddha invited us to do. So the, the words they spoke there were Kalyanamitta. Kalyanamita means spiritual friend, really translated, one of my teachers translated it as beautiful friend, that you're aware of the beauty in your friendship and the beauty of the person um, so there are a couple of different kinds of spiritual friendships there are vertical ones and those are ones where um, well, one person is in a, a different place along the path than another person and often those relationships are characterized as teacher relationships you have a relationship with your teacher um, it's kind of an unprecedented time to be alive, isn't it, in terms of access to teachers right now? Just think how many teachers we, we've, just even because of COVID, we've become so much more in touch with the availability of teachers. And face-to-face, even though it's online, there's a, there's a sweetness, there's a specialness to the relationship. So John and John... And Monica, and Hetty, and I, uh, and Kathy, <laughs> have had a relationship with a particular teacher, a Dharmacharya Eileen Kara. And I'm so grateful to this teacher for the time that she invested in me and in my waking up. Um, uh, you know, of, of course, we see Thich as our teacher. We got to spend time with him. Some of us got to spend time with him personally. I'll talk about one incident when I was with him. Uh, I also studied with Jack Duffy Roshi. That's Eileen's husband. Uh I our t- teacher Eileen's husband. He's a he's a, a Roshi in the diamond sangha tradition of Aiken Roshi. Um, and I've I've I studied and practiced with Joan Halifax. uh, uh who was uh, one of Thay's Dharmacharya at the time I met her. And in fact, she's the person with whom I took the five mindfulness trainings, mm-hmm. back then called the five wonderful precepts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and and John currently studies with uh, 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 Frank Ostaseski. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we each have different teachers. Actually, and you just... Just pop and say a name of teachers that just have real important meaning to you. Just popcorn. Sherry children. Maples. Sherry Maples. Pema Children. Pema Children. children. Barney Glassman. Choco Beck. Choco Beck. Many teachers. Many teachers' touches. It. i tell you what I love about mine. My teachers have taught me to practice. They taught me to love the Dharma. Um, They correct my practice and my thinking. They're patient with me, sometimes impatient with me. Um, They taught me how to give myself to the form. Don talked about the form. I'm eternally grateful to my teacher. In fact want to tell you one story about that's just like this just is so about my teacher eileen so when we were in retreat um we would sit facing out for parts of the meditation day and eileen would come behind us and just slow put her hands on our back and slowly set us up straight put our shoulders up tip our head back It was the most gentle, wonderful, loving thing. And I still, each time I straighten up when I'm sitting, Eileen is there with me, with her hands on my shoulders and on my back. we love our teachers. We love our teachers. Then there are horizontal spiritual friendships, and those are peers on the path. Oh, we may be at different places but we're peers on the path that's what we are this weekend celebrating fierce spiritual friendship together so there's many kinds so let's let's explore them so peers characterize as partners we're heading toward the same destination waking up waking up and staying awake You mentioned enlightenment last night, wanting enlightenment. Jack Duffy Roshi talks about how he came to the practice because he wanted to be enlightened. And what do we find? We find when we practice one another that enlightenment is a moment-by-moment thing. It doesn't happen all at once and just sticks. It's a waking up again and again and again because our friends, our spiritual friends, in their many forms invite us to wake up, invite us to see the light, be the light. So with with peers on the practice, we share the bodhisattva ideal of all waking up together. You know, the, the legend is that when the Buddha was sat under the Bodhi tree, and saw the bright morning star after seven days, he touched the earth and said, I and all beings wake up together. We wake up together. So we enjoy being together. We go on retreats together. We sing together. We eat together in mindfulness. We practice sutras together. Wasn't that lovely this morning? Reciting the sutras together. It's so beautiful. So we're not in Sangha friendships for what's in it for us. Though there's a great deal that's in it for us. We really, really love and enjoy watching each other grow. Watching each other deepen and wake up, expand, push the boundaries, learn to look at our minds and find freedom from enslavement to them. So here are some ways, some really specific ways that having a good friend, a best friend, a spiritual friend makes a difference in our lives. So first of all, they're a stress buster. (laughs) So being around, apparently they've done clinical research on this, and companionship of best friend lowers our stress levels. Being around a best friend during stressful times decreases levels of cortisol. Mm -hmm. So you know, we have all heard of, about how, and most of us can relate to, how petting a cat, or petting a dog, also releases those hormones. It's the same, as like when you're with your friend, it's like petting the cat. <laughs> uh, it has that same effect on us when we're really in a sweet relationship with a friend. You can be yourself with your f- spiritual friend. In true spiritual friendships, we're, we're vulnerable. We're open about what's alive for us, in our mental health, in our physical health, in our spiritual health. And we validate one another's feelings and we validate that our feelings and experiences are normal. And we tend to think, oh, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one feeling this. And it's just amazing how many times John and I find ourselves going through exactly the same thing. I'll call or uh, we'll get together and I'll say, I'm really suffering with this issue or struggling with this issue or facing this issue. And he'll just say, yeah, <laughs> same here. It's really we kind of synchronize our spiritual friendships. It's a place that we can just, just be ourselves, be completely free, and and know that there's no judgment. The spiritual friends help us aspire to deepening. And isn't that what we're doing? I've said several times. There's a study of, of more than a million runners. And they find that a runner runs farther when they run with someone else. And isn't that true for us in our spiritual lives? We run farther when we practice with someone else. spiritual friend is someone who understands us. You know, I, sh- I share things with my best friend that I don't even share with my partner. And we'll talk about partners in a minute. Uh, um, this kind of in- intimacy really opens us. It opens us to to let go, to feel safe. And finally, the fifth thing is that spiritual friendship helps your brain stay healthy. <laughs> helps your brain stay healthy. Seniors who have close friends are far less likely to develop dementia, really. Uh, cognitive decline is, is really slowed uh, by nearly half, I understand. If older people regularly spend time with their friends. Our friends help us, our brains to stay mm-hmm. healthy. Now, spiritual friendship is the practice of stopping, stepping back, looking at life with another person through their eyes, two sets of eyes observing the same thing Some of us seeing things very differently. Our friends point out our blind spots. They show us what we can't see. They remind us what we can't see. (laughs) So some of us are happily single. And the Sangha is our friend. The Sangha is our closest friend. that's, That's... where we find our succor and and compassion. Some of us are in relationships. How many are in a relationship with a partner that practices? <laughs> but John and I actually know some. We have several. In fact, our teacher and his wife, uh, and her wife, his her, her husband, uh, are um are. Uh, deeply spiritual friends on the same path um, and what 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 they tell me is that, that generally it's like Jack and Judith and Bob and and uh, Janice and they say that uh, those of us who don't have a partner that practices have an idea idyllic view of what that would be like <laughs> that the, you know everyone struggles with the same issues and the same problems, and, and most of us uh, who, who has a, a partner that isn't in this particular practice <laughs> uh, and and you know to think that that they're not a good... We all know. We all know they are a good spiritual friend just because they're not on the same path of practice. In fact, what points of light they are to help us wake up to our stuff, huh? <laughs> you know, they, they are, uh, we've given ourselves to our partner. We, We let our hair down with them. We be who we are, and they love us anyway, and it's the same with our spiritual friends as we get to know each other. We see all the warts and all and still love like one another. Mm. So I'd like to turn our attention to spiritual friendships with, with things that we don't necessarily think of right away. So what about our spiritual friendship? with the Dharma itself. I love the Dharma. I love the practice. I love studying it. I love reciting sutras and being with my friends that, that are on this path with me. I really, really deeply enjoy it. John and I did a retreat here. It's why we know about this place. We did a retreat in October for a group called Dharma Buddies. Dharma Buddies is a group of gay men that have been practicing together for about 30 years in, in uh, uh, Seattle. And one of the things they said to them was, so you're Dharma Buddies. You're Buddies that practice the Dharma. And you are the Dharma's buddy. <laughs> and the Dharma is your buddy. <laughs> the Dharma is our friend. We touch and love and hold it. I love the forms of our practice. I love how Ty taught us about closing the door, but when he slammed the door, when his teacher said to him on an errand, he slammed the door, his teacher made him come back and, and close the door gently and he's never slammed another door since. You know, what are the things in your life that are your friends like that door? So that door is a powerful friend for Thai. One of my examples of that is 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when I noticed we'd come into the Zendo, everybody kick off their shoes everywhere, and there'd just be this pile of shoes, and, and, and you know, I, I realized the way I put my shoes I show you my mind, the way I put my shoes, I show me my mind. So my shoes have become a deep spiritual friend, in fact, I've applied it to all my shoes. (laughs) When you come into our house, our shoes are all (laughs) in in a shelf, all just so the way I put my shoes, I show you my mind, I show me my mind. What are those spiritual friends for you? But what about spiritual friendships with animals? How many have had a deep spiritual relationship with an animal? <laughs> I'd be surprised in this group if it wasn't all of us. <laughs> There's just such a lovely connection there, right? There's like here's this being that uh, uh, lives completely in the present moment. (laughs) So, the present moment focus. Boy, what an invitation to just be in the present moment. And and what about our spiritual friendship with nature itself? Just being outside. We're going to go on a walk after we finish here, all just walking beautiful nature together. I remember walking with my teacher on a Dharma talk, uh, 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 during a retreat, and we passed over a babbling brook, and she just said, listen to the Dharma. The wind in the trees, listen to the Dharma. Ah, my friend. Helping me wake up. And what about our spiritual friendship with cities and buildings? Some of us have deep relationships with cities. You know, cities get a bad name. We think of cities as, you know, these like unnatural concrete, plastic, cement things. Cities are people hives. We are doing what is natural to us to do and disconcerting to some some feel kind of caught in it and so we go back into nature to feel the friendship there and the support there does does anybody have a a a, a city or a a building this one person share a city or a building that has great meaning for you Dharma Hall at Wild Rose Farm that's been used by Mountain Lamp community for many years. It was a dusty, dirty old garage for so long, and then it was transformed, it seems almost like magic, into maybe the funnest place I've ever seen. sure <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes. if we took the time, each of us could talk about a place that has deep meaning for us. so think about that place right now maybe in your Dharma discussion later today you could talk about an animal or animals that have been meaning to you or a place that has deep meaning for you a spiritual connection and I don't want to forget to talk about a spiritual friendship with things and not necessarily things you can hold like what about our spiritual friendship with silence you know here we are in this silent retreat just enjoying the spaciousness of silence it's such a teacher so when silence is happening what is silent me. Everything else is still going on. <laughs> There's still the tick of the clock or the rush of the wind or or the sound of other people breathing outside the babbling brook. There in the silence, the silence when I've stilled myself, all of it continues. And it's my invitation to stop and be aware of it and touch it. I always like to think when I when I when I do a wedding ceremony I the first thing I do is ask everybody to stop come back breathe listen if we're outside listen to the wind in the trees listen to the water in the brook or the river that's the whole universe breathing in and out with us everything in and out with us. The bell. Bells, deep relationship with the bells, friendship. Tai has taught us that friendship with bells. My cushion, your cushion. This is my seat of awakening. That is your seat of awakening. It's where we sit to wake up. I honor it as a spiritual friend each time I sit there. I have a poem that on Bedtime Stories Night I'll read about (laughs) John and I one of my you mentioned Mountain Lamp, one of my very favorite things that is a, a spiritual grounding point for me is about, gosh, how many years ago was that? Our teacher had uh, taken this tree that had fallen on the property and milled it into these big planks and it had sat for years in the barn and John had the vision to turn this tree into these planks into a bench and that bench still sits outside between the doors of the meditation hall. I love coming up to that bench and bowing to that bench and sitting on that bench and that's where everybody sits to take off their shoes or put on their shoes it's just the sweetest wonder, most wonderful thing and I actually have as we were working on it a knothole hole fell out of the bench and I still have that knot <laughs> and it's and I I, I uh, when I took the precepts uh, uh, with uh, Joan Halifax uh, in the Soti, the, uh, uh, in the in Zen tradition, I, I made a clock that has, it's a clock, all the positions of the clock are the different precepts. Mm. And there's the precept of generosity with that knothole. That tree that was a home for birds became a place where we sit to take off our shoes. It's supporting the practice. and It's just like how lovely this thing is that it touches our lives in this way. So some spiritual friends come into our life for a reason and some come for a season and go and others are here forever for the long haul. Good spiritual friends help us wake up They ignite the awakened mind. What does that mean? They light us up, they light up our lives. They light up our consciousness. Anyone, as we've talked, anyone and anything can be a spiritual friend to us if we're attuned, if we're aware, if we're looking, if we see it, the best gift a spiritual friend can give us is to invite us to wake up the best gift we can give to one another is to live in a way that invites others to wake up how sweet it is so opportunities for spiritual friendship abound abound Don't miss this, don't miss this and this.